So rolling by myself this afternoon, or technically morning, I guess. Kel texted me this morning saying he wasn't going to be able to make it, so I'm riding solo. Uh, I also didn't have a whole lot of time for you guys to respond to the post in the Facebook group. So we've got a few couple questions we'll kind of answer, and then we'll also uh, talk about some other things that kind of been on my mind uh, here as of late, maybe kind of off topic from some of the questions. But before we kind of get into anything on the podcast, just a reminder, we do have the Christmas party coming up this Saturday, the December 2nd at 7 o'clock. You can come dress as your spouse, your favorite coach, which I know all you guys are going to come dressed like me. But no, in all seriousness, um, if you guys don't want to come dressed up, don't feel like you have to, right? It's just more so you guys to show up and have a good time is really the main thing that I'm looking to kind of get out of this thing. I don't, um, you know, some of you guys are kind of weird about dressing up, stuff like that, and that's fine. Like, you don't have to. It's not a big deal. Just uh, come have a good time. Bring a dish to share with everybody. We'll have some gumbo for you guys. Uh, just bring some other stuff, you know, some sweets and things like that. We usually always have a big plethora of food for you guys. And uh, come hang out. It could end at 9 o'clock, could end at, at 1 in the morning. I have no idea. There's been some Christmas parties. So I think last year we left somewhere in around 1, 1 1.30 in the morning. Uh, but there's been some years where we've been out here by like 10 or 10.30. So we'll see how the vibe is and, and we'll kind of go from there. Also, Christmas shirts should hopefully be in the next day or two. They shipped out, I believe, on Tuesday. They ran a little bit behind with... The order is due to Thanksgiving, obviously, so they kind of have a little bit of backup, and they should hopefully be in the next day or so. So just kind of be on the lookout uh, for that as well. So let's kind of hop right into some of these little things. We don't have a whole lot of serious questions, some more serious than others. But um, so like Bryce Landry, um, are we in a new strength slash skill cycle? Wednesday wasn't a uh, butterfly chest up our pull-up. So yeah, so I kind of in November had referenced this that the squat and bench press cycles are going to run all the way up until the week before Christmas. So we'll have a max out. I believe that if I timed it out right, it should fall right on the week before Christmas because obviously the week of Christmas is going to be a little weird for you guys. And so, um, and but Wednesday and Thursday changed for December. So. We were doing the butterfly chest bar pull-up progressions, and then on Thursdays we were doing, I believe, uh, the supine rows and the skull crushers. So we kind of alternate that. So we're on Wednesdays we'll always try to do some type of skill work of some kind. So we were kind of doing more pulling. This time we're kind of going to more pressing with the wall walk and the kipping ring dip. So you'll kind of see that through the progression of December. And then on Thursdays, we, we were doing upper body. Now we're going to go down to lower body. And we'll kind of transition to the Bulgarian split squat and the ring hamstring curl. So Thursdays, we'll kind of alternate from month to month, upper body to lower body, and just kind of keep that alternating cycle. And then you'll know on Wednesday, we're going to do some type of skill progression of some kind to a degree, which... On a coaching standpoint, can definitely be a lot tougher to coach because of the fact you have so different, many arrays of fitness levels when trying to perform, you know, pull-ups or dips compared to everybody's going to be doing a back squat. It can be just a blanket coaching thing or a bench press can be a blanket coaching thing. But when it comes to, you know, ring dips or wall walks, there's a lot of variance that happens there. So it takes a lot more uh, coaching involved with that a lot more time because, Everybody has some type of different variation they're going to be doing there. So, um, 
so yeah, that, that, that has changed for December and obviously in January we'll completely flip it all over and go into something else. Um, one of the goals kind of going forward in the beginning of the year is we'll start transitioning to kind of pushing a little bit more into some of the level method stuff, some more level method testing. Uh, and we'll kind of maybe break that down a little bit more in detail towards the end of the year, kind of what that's going to maybe look like um, and some ideas on that. Uh, but yeah, we have obviously changed that. And then, so a really good question here is, what is offered past the classes? Heard Hurricane X and nutrition thrown around, but don't know any details. And then Amber Tupper kind of had piped in a little bit with this one as well. So, so yeah, we we talked about this a little bit on the podcast before. So you do have some multiple different options to you guys. Um, some are free and some are not free for you. So. Some of your free options that some of you guys don't utilize that you should is the very first thing is being your in-body exam. So we have an in-body in my office that's free to you guys to use at any point in time. The in-body, essentially all it is, is it tests your body fat and your skeletal muscle mass. It gives you a lot of other readings out as well, but uh, it's really testing your body composition. And that is your most important tool to look at not necessarily weight as where your body fat to muscle ratio is because that's what's going to determine how you look and how you feel more than anything else than weight alone. Weight is a tool, but it's not something that uh, it should be guiding uh, your success or not because as I'm kind of going through my fitness journey, if I'm increasing skeletal muscle mass and losing body fat mass, my weight would not be reflective of maybe losing weight because I'm gaining muscle and losing fat. So my weight would you know, stay the same, if not slightly increase sometimes. And the in-body will be able to show you that, that you're seeing success in that range and not just basing all your success based off weight alone. Because a lot of times when I'm talking to somebody and their response may be their goal is to lose 20 pounds, and I'll usually respond with, okay, well, if I can snap my fingers right now, and you could lose 20 pounds, but you look exactly the way you do now, would you be happy? And obviously the response is usually no. And what what they're thinking is if I lose 20 pounds, is it gonna make me look a certain way? And that's not always the case. It's really a body composition goal more that you're after. And that usually comes with the fact that you're trying to increase skeletal muscle mass and drop body fat. And so that's why that in-body is so important for you guys to utilize to see where your success is going. And I would suggest doing that roughly once a month to help guide your success on that. Now, when doing the in-body, the most awful time to do it is in a fasted state just because you're going to get the most accurate and consistent reading. When you're trying to do your in-body and you're, you know, you're eating food or drinking water or doing it post-workout, you're going to skew the reading one way or the other. And it's also hard to do a consistent reading from month to month. So maybe one day I drank more water and the other ate more food and the other, that's gonna skew the reading from month to month. So to get the most accurate reading, you guys do wanna try to do that on a fastest state from, you know, and then doing it once a month as a kind of check-in with yourself. So that's a free option that you guys, a lot of you guys don't utilize that you probably should. And then obviously the hurricane home option as well that you guys have on Chalkit Pro. So you get Hurricane Home automatically with your membership. So and we'll, I'm going to kind of speak to this maybe later on down into the podcast. Some of you guys obviously don't need to utilize it because you're coming you know, four or five, six times a week and you're getting plenty of fitness in that way. 
But if you guys are finding yourself sometimes, and it could be just on a, a random weekly basis, or it could be you know just this season of the year for yourself, or what are examples that you want to use as to why you're not being able to be as consistent in the physical gym? You guys have Hurricane at Home as an option to you to utilize. And all Hurricane at Home is is a whole separate program that involves just dumbbells and bodyweight things that would comprise a workout. It has an instructional video on you know what the workout is, how to do it, a warm-up, a cool-down. You have just like an art our version of the app where you can click on a movement and it gives you a, a movement breakdown of how to perform the movement. And obviously you perform the workout. All the workouts are done within about a 10 to about a 25 minute time frame. So you're just kind of reducing that friction to have instead of going physically to the gym, you can kind of work out in your, in your garage or if you're on a vacation, you work out where you're on vacation and you have these, these tools available to you that you automatically get free with you guys. So if you're having a hard time sometimes getting physically to the gym because of time restraints or whatever it may be, that that's also a free option to you guys if you're not utilizing that. And so if you have Chalk It Pro and you go at the very top and it'll say Hurricane Cross and you hit that little drop down menu and then it'll say like main, you click on main and it'll show Hurricane at Home and you can kind of bounce back and forth between Hurricane at Home and the gym programming. So that's also something that <coughs> is available to you guys if you don't know it. Um, so other options that we provide obviously you guys would have to pay for these options because it's something that we're having to provide more value to you and more coaching to you would be hurricane x and nutrition so we offer both of these things for you so hurricane x is just supplementary programming right so if you have more time available to you you can get extra programming suited to you and your needs so for instance Let's say you really want to try to get a strict pull-up, but you really don't have the, the knowledge, or maybe you do have the knowledge, but you just need somebody to you know, actually hold you accountable to doing the work to get a strict pull-up. We can provide that supplementary program to you on top of the class program that you're already doing, right? So, And you can structure it to whatever your liking is. So I could do one day a week, I could do five days a week, I could do two days a week, I want it to be 10 minutes long, I want it to be 30 minutes long. And you kind of structure it based off what your needs are and how much time you have available to you, right? And you can work on multiple different things. We have you know, a handful of people that are, their whole entire goal is obviously to get better at CrossFit in general. And they have an extra you know, hour, two hours a week that they can provide on doing extra work to getting better at the whole entire quote unquote sport of CrossFit, right? And so that, and, you know, for some people, it's more like, hey, I have a nagging injury that I'm trying to work on, and they provide programming that way, or they're like, hey, I just want to increase skeletal muscle mass, or I want to try to increase my conditioning, and whatever, whatever those needs are, right? You kind of insert your X want, and then from there, we provide a program based off how much you're willing to spend money-wise, and how much money, or how much time you're willing to, to dedicate to that extra work each week. So that's, that's Hurricane X. And obviously, nutritionally-wise, we do offer nutritional coaching. I kind of handle that side of things. With nutrition coaching, we would do we do bi-weekly meetings. So every two weeks, we sit down in person and go over, obviously, where your current numbers are, where you're sitting at, what your goals are. Uh, we kind of manipulate macronutrient numbers and calorie numbers as we kind of progress. Uh, we kind of match it where you are currently. So for some people, they don't necessarily even start off with numbers. They start off with just more habit building. And we're... Got a phone call there. So, 
But anyways, we'll come back to the nutrition coaching. We sit on every two weeks. We're going to review over everything. We're going to coach you through all the nutritional stuff. And a lot of times with nutrition is, you know, we'll kind of go over the very uh, basic nutritional info that's going to give you the best bang for your buck results-wise, right? But when it comes to nutrition, it's really not this big, complex thing. It's, uh, it's, it's for the most part, it's a relatively simple thing when it comes to like the knowledge of nutrition, right? As long as you're not having like things like diabetes or other medical issues that require special type of diets and special type of foods. But it's, it's really not a very complex issue and it's more so an accountability thing when it comes to nutrition because you ask anybody and they're about their nutrition and, and the usual response is like, oh, it's, it's, it's pretty good. And that's so subjective, right? And it's actually putting that in black and white terms of this is what successful nutrition looks like, you know, for especially for you and your current lifestyle and holding you accountable to that on a consistent basis. Because especially when it comes to nutrition, the hardest part about nutrition is just being consistent with nutrition. Working out for the most part for a lot of you guys isn't the hard part. A lot of times you guys come in, you know, minimum two to three times a week. So you're hitting the consistent rate on that. It's really the nutrition is no, that's more holding you back and handcuffing you to seeing more results that you want. And so a big part of that is obviously having somebody to hold you accountable to your numbers and seeing how consistent that you really are being. Because it's one thing to say you're being consistent and it's one thing to actually put it down physically into you know paper pen and paper or an Excel spreadsheet and actually physically looking at the numbers and seeing okay I'm really not being consistent as I thought it was. So those are two also uh, add-on options to your memberships if that's something that you guys want to explore more of. So just kind of be aware of that. Um, let's see, Shambrika, going into the new year, what are some good workout slash nutrition goals to set? So obviously you have. And obviously, it's a very subjective measurement for each individual person. I can't also give you like, you should do this. Now, maybe, Shambriki, maybe you reach out to me more personally. We can kind of actually break down your goals and maybe an actual game plan to execute your personal goals based off what you want, right? But like on a broad spectrum, right, I think it's good to maybe have some maybe numerical goals where you're saying, okay, maybe I want to, you know, drop... 5% 5% body fat, whatever it may be, or I want to lose 20 pounds or I want to gain 10 pounds of muscle or I want to do a first strict pull up or get a muscle up or insert any goal that you want, right? For for yourself when it comes to working out slash nutritionally wise, like losing weight or gaining weight, whatever it may be, but then actually having some type of what's the actual goals kind of associated with those things. So for instance, if I'm trying to lose weight, right? It could be my first thing is track my protein for the next four weeks and being consistently eating protein that's roughly one gram per pound of body weight, right? And it's more of a actionable goal and not just this pie in the sky number that's just gonna be randomly trying to hit. I'm actually have goals that are within my control. It's really just actionable goals are really the kind of the biggest thing when it comes to, you know, New Year's resolutions and things like that. I think sometimes we make these um these goals that at the end of the day, we're not really in control of or not. You can't control if you're actually going to lose 10 pounds or not, but you are in control of 
how many times a week you go to the gym, how many times a week you work out, how many times you know, you're know you tracking your nutrition, how many hours of sleep that you're getting. All these things are within your control, not necessarily the 10 pounds that you lose. And I think that's kind of where sometimes uh, people kind of forget about those actual goals that actually lead to the steps of hitting the goal that you're actually truly after. So, but yeah, definitely reach out to me and uh, we can maybe sit down and actually talk about more personal goals. When it comes to losing weight or dropping body fat, which is majority of the time people are after for the most part, obviously you realize what's actually realistic because with social media and whatever it may be, it's a lot of it's unrealistic where somebody says, you know, oh, I lost 30 pounds this month. And you start seeing that enough to where you think that's more of a realistic goal. When in actuality, when it comes to like losing weight, you're only lo- looking to lose about a half to about one half percent of your body weight from week to week. So if you're kind of doing the physical math on that, you know, if I'm one percent of my body weight would be, you know, roughly a pound to two pounds per week. It's not I'm losing five, ten pounds each week. I'm losing, you know, half a pound to pound and a half at max. And but compounding that over a period of time, obviously that's really good over a period of time, but everybody kind of wants that fast track. And it's like really think about the long-term play here. And when it comes to losing body fat, percentage-wise, you're looking to lose about a percent of body fat per month as well. And that's obviously relative from person to person. If you have somebody who's 40% body fat and somebody who's 15% body fat, the rate of weight loss is going to look a lot different, right? If I'm 40%, I could lose 2 or 3% body fat in a month. And somebody who's 12% body fat, maybe only losing a half percent, might be more optimal. So, but yeah, definitely reach out to me and that way we can actually um, get some more defined goals for you there. Uh, we got some bullshit questions here from Hood and everybody else here. We'll kind of skip down to the bottom. Uh, so this, this is one actually Kaylee's been wanting me to kind of talk about a little bit more. So Daniel Newland says, feeding kids. How do you navigate getting your kids to eat nutrition meals and get them to eat any protein? That's a tough one. Um, I can only speak to obviously what we do personally. Uh, you know, once again, kind of resorting back to the social media thing, I think a lot of people can make these social media posts, you know, that their kid doesn't eat any dyes or no sugars and, and none of this, and they feed off the land and uh, it can kind of make you feel like a shitty parent because you're feeding your kids, you know, Cheetos in the back of your van. Um, and no doubt our kids eat shit, you no doubt about it. And, um, and they do so on a, on a somewhat regular basis. Obviously we try to do our best to navigate to where they're not always eating just shit food all the time. But uh, when it comes to, like, for instance, like your, like your question kind of had to do more with, like, protein intake. So with our kids, the, the, the first thing that they have to do before they can really eat anything else, um, at least after dinner, is they have to eat their protein intake, right? So, for instance, like Carter and Claire, you know, they'll, we'll have to use, like, a baked chicken strip or something like that that we have for our food prep that we just kind of cut up for them. And it's, you know, it could be eight, eight little small bites of chicken or whatever it may be. And they can't have any other snacks until they eat those other things. Now, we'll, we'll put some other things on their plate. They might have like some chips or something like that on there. But they can't have anything past that point until they have that protein. They, it's already been kind of a set rule for a period of time that 
they have to eat that meat source before they can have anything else after dinner. Now, that doesn't mean that they don't come in from school and they're eating, you know, like a fruit snack or, you know, whatever it may be. They definitely have snacks, no doubt about it. But when it comes, especially when it comes to dinner time, that's the number one priority they have to do. And it's something that we've kind of prioritized since they were little. So it's been a little bit easier for us because we've done it for a little bit longer now. Now, for somebody who's already kind of had an established habit with their kids, embedding that now is going to be a little bit tougher, right? To where if you're sitting down Bert to eat dinner and now you're establishing this new rule of like, well, you have to eat all your chicken before you can go and have a cookie for snack. You know, obviously he's going to fight you on that a little bit more. And so it's it's one of those things where it's going to take time, just like with anything else, that you're going to have to slowly implement it over a period of time, and then eventually they will catch on, right? Uh, and we try to buy the better options when it comes to snacking, right? So Kay does a really good job of finding these brands that you can maybe reach out to her, Danielle, or find these brands that are, are a little bit more less shitty of, of snacks. That's probably the best way to put it compared to buying, you know, the straight up, the things that we grew up on, like different cereals and, and snacks, like fruit roll-ups and things like that. Uh, she's found some better options that are going to probably not taste obviously quite as good, but um, they're, they're a good secondary option. Uh, and then it's cleaning up um, the environment that is obviously around them at home, right? The less crap that you have in your house, the less likely they are to want those things because they're not around available to you, just like with, with you as well. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of how we do it personally is that we always make sure they have some sort of a protein source on there and that they have to, if there's one thing they have to eat, they have to eat their protein source more than anything else. And, and then they can have something else after after dinner, but they know if they don't do that, then they're, they're kind of shit out of luck when it comes to eating anything else. Like they want another snack or anything like that afterwards. They, they don't have that option available anymore to them. Uh, but it, it is a tough thing. And, and Kaylee could probably speak on this stuff a little bit better than I can. Uh, but it, it, is, it, is a, it is a tough thing when it comes to kids. And I think that's also maybe sometimes one of the harder parts when you're a parent trying to live a healthier lifestyle is that when you're, when you're, your environment plays a big role in what your body composition is going to look like. And if your environment is constantly surrounded by temptation when you get home, because your kids like to eat crappy foods, you know, just like I did as a kid, it you have that when that temptation's around, you're very highly likely to to fold and, and go eat that food. And so cleaning up that environment over time. It's going to help out a ton. It may not happen overnight, and you might just do you know cold turkey and do a one fell swoop and clean up the whole entire environment. Uh, obviously, there's going to be bitching, there's going to be crying involved, uh, probably especially the little ones. But over time, just like with anything, uh, they learn to adapt and they start to adjust. Um, but it is it is a hard thing that takes uh, due diligence. And there's times that you know we on the weekends will go out and have ice cream with them. And things like that, but they see that as like a big treat now, just because that's not something they're getting all the time during the week. So, um, hopefully, I gave you a little bit of response. I don't know if that was the best response for you, but hopefully, that gave you something there. Uh, so that was really only like I didn't get off. I didn't put out a, a lot of time. I only posted this about three hours ago, so we didn't get a, a shitload of questions like we did last time. So this podcast isn't going to be too crazy long. But one thing I do uh, real quickly want to talk about with you guys 
is um, obviously when it comes to the biggest barriers for people when it comes to becoming a more healthy, fitter version of themselves. The number one thing that is always kind of a reoccurring response, I don't necessarily want to use it because it's not necessarily an excuse, but struggle is time, right? That's that's always the thing people always kind of come back to. And I, and I get it. Like, and I think sometimes coming from me, it can not be as easy just because you're like, you know, and I get it, like, you're, I'm a gym owner. I, I work at a gym. I have the access to the gym at all times to me. It's no doubt easier for me to stay on top of my fitness and my health comparatively to somebody who is working a eight to five job who has two or three kids. I'm not going to make no ands or ifs or buts about that. No doubt it, it definitely makes my job, my life a little bit easier to maintain a healthy lifestyle compared to most people. And that was something I was thinking about the other day of if I was working a normal eight to five job with my four kids, what would, what would my lifestyle look like? How would I get in to stay on top of my fitness? And I think the first thing that, at least for me, I would have to come to a realization of, of, yeah, I would probably have some type of hit to a degree to my fitness level, right? I'd have to be realistic of saying that I probably wouldn't be as fit as I am now if I had a different job, no doubt. And I think you have to set what are realistic expectations with where you are in life, right? So where I am currently with my four little, little kids, life is very hectic and busy for us, right? And it'll, mean, and it'll be like that for a while. But maybe you are somewhere in life where either A, you don't have kids or your kids are older now where that's not a big responsibility on a daily basis anymore and you have more time available to you. And so obviously you, you can spend more time in the gym and, and put more effort in the gym. And I think you have to come to the realization of, okay, what is... What is available to me right now? I was just having this conversation with somebody the other morning because, you know, he was saying that he's having a more difficult time making the gym now that he has a, his second born, newborn, and you know, getting less hours of sleep every single night and trying to get up in the morning has been a bigger task for him. And uh, there's no doubt there's a lot of difficulties that come with that, especially with people who are in their you know 30s. That's usually the time you start having more kids and, and jobs taking more demand on you, and so life is very much stretched out and trying to find time for your health and fitness can seem like this big, humongous task on a regular basis to do. And it no doubt it is a very tough thing to do. And it's it's really analyzing what a week looks like and also being realistic with how much time you can really spend in the gym. For some people, getting in two or three days a week is with their season is about as much as they can willing to kind of put in and, and, and sacrifice at that time. And for some people, they can wiggle in, you know, four or five, six days a week. And, but it's being realistic of, okay, what are the days of the week that I can actually physically get this in? Whether it's me getting up earlier in the morning, getting the workout in, or sacrificing the afternoon and getting a workout in that way, whatever it may be. Uh, but I got to be realistic with it. Even if, you know, a couple months ago I was able to get in more sessions, but now my life looks a lot different now, those sessions might need to be have to be reduced down, right? Where 
if I was coming four days a week, might only be two or three days a week for the next six months going forward for the foreseeable future because of the situation that I'm in currently, right? And then as you know things change, I can get back in the gym more regularly, right? But I think it's actually sitting down and pen and paper it or get with a coach and actually have an open-ended conversation about, hey, this is kind of where, where I am and this is where you know, where I kind of want to be later on, but this is all I'm willing to give and come up with a game plan, right? So that could be, okay, like Mondays, we'll be here at 445 and working out. Tuesday, we're going to rest. Wednesday, you know, maybe we make it to a four o'clock in the afternoon class or 5 p.m. class. And then Friday, we'll do 445 again, right? Where we can kind of alternate and come in three days a week, right? That's a good optimal option for ourselves for the next six months. We'll revisit in about six months, and see if we can bump that back up to four days a week or we're going to maintain this for the next year, whatever it may be, right? Knowing that with that being said, there is a, obviously maybe they're not going to be as fit during that time period. They might lose a little bit of fitness, but they're still getting something in. Or we're doing something where Monday they're coming to the gym, Tuesday they're working out at home with the dumbbells doing hurricane at home, Wednesday they're taking a rest day, Thursday they're working out home doing hurricane at home, and then Friday they're back at the gym at 445, Right. It's finding ways to get something in or reducing the friction down as best as possible, right? That's like with Kaylee, when she gets home in the afternoons, she's working out. As soon as she gets home, she's changing her clothes, she's jumping in the garage, and she's knocking out a, a 20, 30-minute workout session in the garage. just like hurricane home, and she'll do that three to four times a week during the week, and then she'll come in like on Friday and Saturday and, and come knock out a gym session, right? You have to kind of find what's going to work best for you and your schedule, and that's what really, when it comes down to like working out wise, why like coming to the gym. Secondly, when it comes to nutrition, and some people like to use the excuse of, okay, well, I don't have time when it comes to nutrition. That's where I kind of start calling a little bit of bullshit on that, to be honest, because when it comes to nutrition, if you're doing it properly, you really only need one day out of your week and you need about an hour to maybe two hours for one individual day. And I guarantee you pretty much, I, I know, unless you're working seven twelves and you're working like a turnaround at the, at the plant, everybody has one or two hours that they can find somewhere in their week to do some type of food prepping and pre-packaging all their meals ahead of time. So when it comes to a nutritional standpoint, and people use the word time, I'm not going to necessarily agree with you there because you can take a Saturday or Sunday or, or Monday or two, whatever day of the week that's going to work best for you that you're off from work, that you can literally order groceries, get them dropped off to your doorstep, and you do some type of food prepping, cooking all your food pretty much ahead of time, 89% of your food ahead of time, you're weighing and measuring out that food and putting it in separate containers in the refrigerator. And now you're set for the whole entire week. No more food prep has to happen. You have to do literally zero food preparation for the rest of your week. Everything has been set aside ahead of time. Everything's weighed and measured. You have everything in Ziploc bags and, and containers. And the only thing that you have to do from here on out for the rest of the week is take the food with you to your, you know, to the job or where whatever you gotta do. Even when you get home, it's already in the refrigerator. You just take it out and, and eat it, right? You don't even have to food prep your dinner anymore if you don't want to, right? You can take it to as much extreme as you want, 
to the very basic things that you want. But when it comes to time and nutrition, that is something that uh, anybody has time for. It's just a matter of actually doing the work when it comes to something like that. I can be, I can give a little bit more leeway when it comes to actually physically getting in the gym or not. For some people, depending on where they are and what's going on. But uh, for a lot of you guys, when it comes to nutrition, I, I'm not going to give you a whole lot of slack on that because you do have the time. It's just a matter of actually doing the work. Uh, it's not easy by any means. It's, not, it's, it's something that every week you're going to have to do and sacrifice that one or two hours. But it's something that's going to have to be needed for you to actually see some of the body composition goals that you guys are after here. If you're eating... Just as you want, if you're trying to food prep every single day, that's going to be an impossible task where the, the barriers and the friction to uh, be successful on a daily basis are way too high. You have to let those barriers down and you've got to reduce that friction down on a daily basis to be successful, right? And it's a lot of times it comes down to actually coming up with some type of game plan of some kind when it comes to nutrition-wise, and that's you're going to have to food prep a lot of food ahead of time, like a mass production of food where it's going to last you upwards to about a week. And then from there, cooking it, weighing and measuring it, and then putting in your separate containers inside your refrigerator. And some people will say, well, that doesn't sound very fun or, you know, I really don't like, you know, leftovers and reheated food. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you that it, it, that's just kind of part of the process it's some things are hard and, and that's part of hard. Like sometimes it's sometimes just saying like, this is, this shit's just hard. That's kind of the part of the process there. Um, not every meal is going to be this lavish extravagant. meal. I'm not saying you have to hate every meal that you eat, but you're going to have to be willing to give some to take some. You cannot just sit there and eat whatever you want, whenever you want to eat it and eat it fresh all the time and expect to have the body that you want and the health that you want at all points in time. We live in a society and a structure where that is what has to take place to get done. Um, things have changed over the last 50, 60 years where you know work has changed, heating styles have changed, the way you're, you know, even food itself has changed from 50, 60 years ago. I mean, people are not eating nearly the amount of processed foods that they are now, right? Our parents didn't grow up in the same processed foods that I did. Uh, my food looks exactly looks completely different from what my parents ate, and their food looks completely different from what their parents ate. Right? Like our my generation is one of the first generations where fast food and more processed foods were a lot easier to buy and readily available compared to in the '60s and '50s and '70s. Right? And so, um, so the the way um, the way you go about actually treating your diet now is going to look different than what it did back then. So that is just kind of part of the process is actually food prepping and being consistent with that on a regular basis. So when it comes to time and food, I'm not going to necessarily give you guys leeway too much on that. And so uh, but this is something that I kind of had in my mind. It had been a lot easier to have a little bit more of a jam session with Kellen here. So it's always weird kind of talking to yourself. But for any of you guys that are struggling to find that consistency coming to the gym, definitely reach out to me. Reach out to me. Reach out to Kale. And let's just have a conversation about it. Like, let's find what days of the week are actually available to you. That's why weekends are such a great option for a lot of times for you guys for the Saturdays at 9 o'clock or Sundays at, at 2 o'clock. And, and let's find ways that we can kind of get you in the gym on a more consistent basis. And then it might be a little bit of a process of 
couple days in the gym and a couple days at home getting hurricane at home workouts and, and finding that balance for some of you guys. Um, but this kind of wraps up our podcast today. Hopefully see you guys this Saturday for the Christmas party and we'll talk to you guys next time.